Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, and welcome to Game Over Vancouver. Uh, I am your host, Samantha Chang, and I am here tonight with Mallory from the broadcast. Um, and Mal, I just want to say I love you for staying up late to do this post game show with me because that was an awful game. The Canucks lose five one to the St. Louis Blues. It's their fifth five one loss of the season. I initially agreed to do this when. I mean, seeing the, they were playing the Blues, I was like, okay, I'll, like, represent Missouri. This is fine. Um, like, the, it might be an okay game because game the Blues are really bad. Um, then that is not what happened. Also, I got blacked out on the, um, like, showing the actual game. So I had to illegally watch it because the NHL sucks. <laughs> um, and I was like, who actually wants to watch this game, please? I'm making an attempt, but they were like, oh no, you need to be like watching this on like regular or local, whatever. I don't even understand how blackouts work. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and then also they were trying to do you a favor. The Canucks were horrible. <laughs> so I'm, I would, like I said, it's the giving season. And that is why I agreed to watch a blues Canucks. Game. I did. I did Um, for everyone watching. Thanks for joining us. I did um, text Mel and say that, her agreeing to stay up late and do this with me and watch the Canucks game is like one of the nicest things anyone has ever done for me. And it is a sign of like the depth of our true friendship. Um, before we do the game recap, uh, get a, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction, whether it's World Cup, hockey, football or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Okay, so we're going to go back to this game. If you're If you're listening to this on the podcast, like tomorrow, I guess tomorrow is Wednesday. Today is... Is today Monday? No, today's Monday. Sorry, tomorrow's Tuesday. If you're listening to this on the podcast, when this started, I was wearing a paper bag over my head that said Canucks fan because that is like the only appropriate reaction to this team. Uh, Canucks lose, like I said, 5-1 to a Blues team that isn't very good. And I just saw on Twitter that that's their fifth 5-1 loss at home, which is an NHL record for most 5-1 losses in one season. And it's December. It's not even Christmas yet. So uh, that's really impressive. Yeah. Because um, the Blues have gone on like, I think like a couple like five game like losing streaks. Like I think they went up to seven at one point. Um, and they're putting Jordan Bennington in goal. So that's also not something that like really makes a. <laughs> I was going to say makes a winning hockey team, but then like people are going to get angry about that. Um, but it's like historically, I guess there's like one incident where that did make a winning hockey team. Um, but I also said I would come on so we could make fun of Jordan Bennington and he didn't even play that poorly. <laughs> I know. I was like, that was the one thing that this game had going for it was we were going to make fun of him relentlessly and... 
I guess the one highlight of the game for me was watching Ilya Mikhailov murder him. It was a beautiful goal. But pretty much that was the only Canuck highlight. Well, you can always just defame, like, Bennington's character. Like, even if he's playing well, like, you can just still make fun of him as a person. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not defamation if it's true. (laughs) Yeah, but... That was, like, when there was, like, a little bit of hope still left in the game, too. I will say that, like, it was almost... Considering how bad, like, the season has been for the Canucks, like, it was almost a good start to the game because, like, it took, like, about 25 minutes, I would say, to completely lose hope Yeah, that they could win. The first period was, like... The first period was fine. It was boring and, like, difficult to watch, but it was fine. And then uh, it just got real bad. Uh, Aaron in the chat points out, this is... I imagine this is the first time an Australian has scored the game winner against the Canucks, so that's nice. So yes, if you if you did not watch this game, A, good for you. Good for you. You missed nothing. Um, but yes, Nathan Walker, who I had... I tweeted, who the fuck is Nathan Walker? Because I forgot he was a capital, and I had like 16 different people tell me he's Australian. And then I remembered who he was, but yes. He has two of the most interesting like NHL nationalities, because he's also Welsh. I also learned that tonight. But that is very interesting. But he scored the game-winning goal, and Jordan Cairo had a hat trick. And in the least shocking news of all time, the Canucks were bad. So there's your game recap. What was, for you, the biggest story of the game tonight? Um, I mean, the biggest story, I guess, is like how bad the Canucks look without Pedersen. Like, they don't look like they're they're just, like, bumbling around on the ice. Um, and it's just, like, I feel like that was just, like, the most, like, glaring, like, obvious thing for the Canucks. That, like, be when they don't have somebody, like, doing, obviously the McKay of goal is, like, very beautiful. But, like, when they don't have somebody, like, consistently doing, like, good things on the ice, you're like, oh, actually the rest of this team is really bad. Like, I can't just, like, divert all my attention away from what they're doing. So, when when is he coming back? God, I don't know. This is the second game he's missed uh, due to illness. Yeah. I did I did like that both he and Brock were sick last game. I thought that was cute. Best friends get sick together. Um, but, yeah, they look atrocious. They're, like, pretty unwatchable without him. Like, you would think that this team that so many people have said have one of the better top nines in the league, I think we can put that myth to rest. Um, They're not fun to watch. Like, if they were fun to watch and losing, it would be one thing, but this is just embarrassing. Like, tonight was embarrassing. Um, We'll go back to Mal's point about how bad they are in the second segment. We're going to talk about, and we want the chat to go off on this, where does this team rank in terms of bad Canucks seasons? So we're going to come back to that. But yeah, I thought tonight they just, there was no effort. It was messy. Like you could see that the Blues who have been a pretty average team, the Blues were 15-15-1 and one coming into the game tonight. The Blues looked like a much better team and they really shouldn't be and aren't. Um, the penalty kill continues to be garbage. Um But yeah, like Spencer Martin, who I think earlier in the season, people were like, oh, there's going to be a goalie controversy. Should it be Demko or should it be Martin? I think Spencer Martin is starting to look very, very human 
um, lots of critiques of Spencer Martin tonight. And it's not like Demko was really good before he got injured anyway. So this is yet again another team where another game that exposes how badly built this team is. And for me, that just, I know I say that every game, but that's story of the game for me, as usual. Yeah, I think that also the thing is with the Canucks is like, not only are they boring to watch like it's not even like they're like boring to watch because they're playing just like very like defensively minded hockey it's like they're playing boring hockey because it they're just like clocking and then clocking out literally just for their shifts and not even like on time because there's too many men calls all the time so it's just so bad (laughs) it's yeah I mean, there's no effort, there's no consistency. It just, it doesn't feel like anyone wants to be here. Doesn't feel like anyone's really trying. I have no idea what's happening with this team. I don't know how to fix it. I don't think they do either. It's just, uh, yeah, Tim McLaughlin in the chat just said uninspired. And I, I agree. I agree. Uninspired is absolutely the word for it. It's really just depressing. Like, I would love, I know, I know, people say, like, I'm a negative fan, whatever. I, like, I don't want to be negative. I would love to come on and talk about a team that is actually good and fun to watch. I don't want to come on wearing a paper bag on my head. I mean, I did, but. (laughs) It's just, what, like, what? I feel like we're all being held hostage. Yeah. And, like, not even like a like fun Stockholm syndrome way. Yeah. Yeah. Just like like I would even maybe enjoy it more if like I was like kind of wanting to see how many games they could lose. Like Yeah. And if we were actually like tanking with intention. But all we are doing is claiming we're not rebuilding. Uh, yes. And that's going to be our third segment. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was, that was the, the game recap. I know it was, it was depressing, but, uh, there's really not a whole lot to say about this team other than it's miserable. It's miserable watching them and there's, I don't know. I am genuinely at a loss for words. There's only so many ways you can say the Canucks are bad. Yeah. On that note, if you're watching, thank you all for joining us. Uh, hit like, subscribe, follow Mel on Twitter at Sports Lesbian. You can follow me if you want. I'm at Samantha CP underscore. Uh, you can also follow our other podcast, <laughs> which is the Broadscast, which is also fun. Um, and definitely follow at SDPN Sports. Uh, we are about to start the two more interactive segments for tonight. If you want to go share this on your socials, the the first thing we're going to talk about next is how bad is this Canucks team for you? Like, is this possibly the worst season you've watched in the last eight years, 10 years, 20 years? Like, I want to know what people think about how bad they are. And then in the third segment, in the spirit of Christmas, we want to hear your dream trades. The Canucks say that they're not rebuilding and they are not looking to rebuild or tear down the team, but that everyone is on the trade block except for Elias Patterson. So give us your dream trades in the third segment. But we're going to start with the negative segment first, which is 
where does this team rank in terms of being bad? Mal, start us off. I don't know. Like, that's the thing is it feels more miserable because I'm living it right now. <laughs> like, I want to be like, it's never been as like abysmal. But I feel like I feel like the season before we got Brock was really bad. Yeah. Um, what year would have that been? I think that was 2014. Yeah. It was the year we drafted. It's the year we drafted for Tan and McCann and Demko. <laughs> no, I mean, that's about where we were headed. I mean, I don't think that like anybody was excited about any of that really. I mean, that's also with like hindsight, but like it was just bad. But this year feels worse because it also feels like that had at least a little bit more intention in rebuilding. Yeah. Like almost like we're rebuilding on the fly. Like this is actually gonna work. Like, and we're doing all of this. Um but I don't I don't know. Where do you think it ranks for you? Like what do you think was worse in at least recent history? Okay, I'm actually going to start with not recent history. So for me, hands down the worst, although it still felt better than this, I think partially because I was way younger and didn't know better. And it was just like, oh, they they just happened to be bad was I think the Messier seasons were definitely worse. Like they were so bad. And like the rumors coming out of the locker room were so bad and it was just miserable. But I think I still had fun in those seasons, like even though they were bad. And I don't remember feeling this level of cynicism and jadedness. I would say that in recent years, like you said, they're not as bad as they were in the first few years after 2011. But yeah, in a I lot think like of twenty third, like the twenty thirteen, yeah, ish, yeah, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen were yeah. all really rough, really bad. But I think this season for me feels the worst because it feels. Like, okay, the last few seasons were really bad because you could see there was no plan and that there was frustration and they were just middle of the pack. But I think this season feels extra bad for me because with firing Travis Green and clearing and like firing Jim Benning and bringing in new management and Rutherford starting off saying all the right things about how this team isn't a contender and like all the things that were wrong with the team, I am embarrassed to say I kind of started drinking that Kool-Aid and was like, oh, maybe, maybe they'll actually have a plan. And maybe there will be some intentionally bad seasons that I could deal with. But no, then they went and signed JT Miller. And then they yeah. accidentally were really bad to start the season, which I was totally fine with. Like I said, I wanted them to be like record-breaking bad, like lose, lose the most games in modern NHL history bad. And I was on board with that. Mm -hmm. But this kind of middle of the pack like average team that is never going to be good enough to make the playoffs consistently never going to win a stanley cup but with a management team that still despite being completely new is like we're not going to rebuild this doesn't need to be rebuilt the core is good and then having to watch these games where they just don't care and they don't try like I feel like I'm stuck in some kind of deranged Groundhog Day where I can't stop watching this team 
suck. Yeah. Um, it feels like the, like, this year is, like, the accumulation of all, of, like, because the past, like, few years, like, the past couple years before this, like, it was, like, we were really complaining, but it was, like, we were, like, kind of, like, doomsdayers in this entire situation, where we were, like, it's gonna be really bad, guys. Like, if you do something, like, really stupid, like, it's, like, we do need to fire everyone, but, like, if we clear ship now, there's maybe a chance. Yeah. And it's, like, no, we doubled down on being bad. Yep. And we've decided that, like, barely scraping 500, like, is what we're aiming for. And maybe winning a couple games as, like, a wild card is what we can do. Because and anything can like, happen. that's, like, where we're peaking in our, like, entire, like, idea for the team. That's, like, as big as we are dreaming. Yeah, that's really depressing. Riley in the chat says they're like moldy bread, but like bread that tastes bad and doesn't make you sick, except you have to eat just that for like nine straight years. A very accurate description. Lock in the crease says, I think the most telling sign is that the ducks have like three regulation wins and yet they look so much more energized and we are putting in full efforts. Sorry. And are putting in full efforts every night. Yeah. That's like the ducks are the dream, right? Like you have Trevor Zegers, you have Troy Terry. They're fun to watch, but they lose. That's what I wanted. I want to lose, but be fun to watch. We are the opposite. Yeah, same. We're like, like, I dream of being the Sims. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst case scenario where, like, they're just good enough to win some games. But, like, for what purpose? Like, what is the point yeah, of all of this? So, like... If, okay, imagine we're in some other, like, dream world. I'm fine with losing to the St. Louis Blues 5-1, and there's just some beautiful goal by Mikheyev, and you're like, great, that's all of that. We lost the game, though, and we're going to get Bedard, and we're going to have a great thing because we don't have a bunch of old people signed, and we have cap space to actually fill out our roster and all of this. And we have prospects. No. No, we don't have those either. We don't have anything happening that's good. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I thought one of the really interesting things about tonight and the sign, the true sign that I think the market in general is starting to turn on the team and not just like people always say, oh, on Twitter, people are more negative. They're like bitter, whatever. The booze started early in the third period. Booze in the arena. And people started leaving the game with more than 10 minutes left in the third which I think it's a Monday, but yeah, it's a Monday and there's supposed to be a ton of snow, but like, that is bad. I think That's that bad. is bad. And what is the thing is that also as like seen by, and we've talked about like Jersey on the ice situation, it doesn't seem to, and I don't want to like emotionally abuse these players. Like I don't think that is good, but it doesn't seem to affect them. Like, I don't think that they're like, Oh, we're getting booed at home again. You're like, yeah, well, that happened opening night. So it's actually nothing new at all. Like, yeah. I mean, like, there's only so many times JT Miller can come out and be like, yeah, we suck tonight. We should be ashamed. But like, I don't actually believe you. You keep saying that you guys suck tonight. You should be ashamed. But I don't feel like you actually are. I feel like you would maybe try. Yeah. I just, I don't see anything 
changing here and i just i don't know i don't i don't understand what's happening i got i've got nothing for you none nothing about this team makes any sense okay to close out the second segment in terms of like bad what is the earliest you have ever left a game or do you leave games early even when your team is losing as an arsenal fan i i hate to say that i don't leave games early (laughs) i respect i respect a person who can get really mad and leave um i have known of people to leave games in the first which is incredible um but i don't leave i i don't know i don't have enough gumption i'm the i'm the same i don't like if i go to a game in person i will not leave no matter how bad they are yeah i i set up shop i remember i know i've talked about this before but i remember there was a game i think in 2011 or 2012 where they were must have been 2011 because i think i was in first year of law school because i had a textbook with me they were losing like 7-1 to the Blackhawks in the third. And I have distinct memories of Kevin Bieksa skating in circles in his own zone. At which point I decided I was just going to, I was not going to leave, but I was going to read my contracts textbook instead. That's... But I refused to leave. Like my dad was That's like, incredible. let's go. And I was like, no, we are staying to the end of this game. But yeah, there there is no level at which I leave the game early. I don't know why. But it probably I'm also like thinking that like maybe if I didn't pay, then maybe like I would be like, oh, I don't need to like get my money's worth or anything. But then I'm like feel like I'm still in my head. I would be like, I need to like make sure I like get the get full value. Advantageous, like I'm earning money theoretically <laughs> from this. This explains so much why we watch the Canucks in any event. <laughs> like we're just masochists. Sure. Exactly. Uh, Sasha in the chat says, I should have stopped watching after the Sinclair puck drop. Highlight of the night for me. Yes. I I think what's bad is that they made her watch. Yeah. I think that I assume they made her stay most of Do the Do you game. guys think Christine Sinclair left early? I hope she left early. She should have. Yeah. What they did was honestly disrespectful. They should have to have had apologize to her after yes. the game. Yes, they owe Christine Sinclair and frankly all of us an apology. Christine Sinclair is by far the best athlete who is in the building tonight. I know I tweeted yeah, that I earlier. I saw you arguing with somebody about that. Uh, which somebody... I don't think it needs to be argued about. That's But I saw you arguing with somebody. I don't think I... Technically, I don't think I argued with him. I think what I said was the secondhand embarrassment I got from reading his tweet was off the charts. Not technically okay. an argument. I was just making fun <laughs> of him. Um, okay. We are going to switch into our third segment because in the spirit of Christmas... Give us your wish list. The Canucks have now said, allegedly, that they are not interested in, in rebuilding or retooling. Zero interest. They think that this team is good, I guess. But also that the only person who is untouchable is Elias Pettersson, which are two directly contradictory statements. So they're not rebuilding, but 99% of the team is available for a trade. What is your dream scenario for a trade obviously no cap restrictions do whatever yeah yeah we live in a no salary cap world just come up with whatever you want to come up with um 
I'm really thinking. Because like the thing is that in my ideal world, a lot of these people just magically become better at hockey. Um, Cause like, there's certainly like nice people. Um, like as like a huge Troy Stetcher fan in general, it's like maybe Troy Stetcher isn't like on your like dream team, but it's like, we should get back Troy Stetcher. I, I'm really, I'm still so pissed about that. Like, like then you'd Georgia, break up, you'd very break much up, that like... was a nail in the coffin situation. I was like, yeah, guys, what are we doing here? Um, so honestly, uh, for me, um, the trade is one for one and it's JT Miller for, uh, Troy Stetcher. <laughs> no sorry retained. I enjoyed that one. Uh, Boo says, my dream would be for them to just trade everyone, including PD for his sake, get all their cap space back and start over. I, yeah, I mean, I like that in theory, except that we would still be stuck with the same people in charge. And I don't know if I trust them with any of that cap space. Yeah, I would say that maybe in my trade, maybe I would like get better management, but I don't think I can trade for that because I don't actually know if I think any of the other management is good. That's also a good point. Other than um, that, I like saying the Iser plan. So actually, I do want Iserman. So I don't know where he's going in my like <laughs> management team, <Can> I- but. <laughs> Jim He's Rutherford coming. for Steve Eiserman. <laughs> Who says no? Truly. Um, <laughs> we have multiple votes in the chat for a new owner. Uh, I think we've got at least three that I can see. A progressive GM who's not a former player with no business acumen. A great That's great. Uh, JC Van Dam says, wish one. Connor Bedard. Yes, that is my dream as well, which is why I want them to lose every game possible. I wanted them to go 0-82, but alas. Wish to trade Horvat for futures. That's actually probably the most realistic thing we've heard so far, except mm-hmm. like knowing that the futures are going to be like terrible. It's going to be like yeah. round seven picks. It'll literally, yeah. Wish three, Bad. trade Myers, OEL, Pearson, Besser, and Garland for cap space. Those are my favorite trades in recent memories. The one that it's not even like so and so for future considerations it's just like nick letty for nothing just like just take him yeah it's like nothing going back the other way just clearly just trading for caps would you feel disrespected if that happened to you i feel like i would yeah i feel like if i just got traded for a bag of pucks like i would be pissed i mean I, I would be, but also, like, you're probably making so much money. Like, does it really matter? Like, at that point, do you that have any... I'm not convinced that anyone on this team has any professional pride at this point. So, I don't know. That's fair. I don't know. Uh, Dog, who I'm pretty sure has just been asked, says, Alvin and Rutherford were Joe Sackick. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. Sackick, and then we're also going to get Iserman there. Yes. We, the Canucks are going to bring longtime rivals Joe Sackick and Steve Eiserman back together. That would be delightful. It, it has to be better than what's happening now. There, like, the interoffense like, politics yeah. may be, like, horrible, but, like... I mean, they played I on, like... Know. They played on Olympic teams together. I'm sure it'd be fun. Yeah, it's possible. It would be possible. 
Um, Sasha says, knowing this management group, they would trade Horvat and lose picks as well. Yes, also very realistic possibility. Uh, I don't even want to say this, Riley, because it's just going to manifest bad things. But Riley says, the day the Canucks hire Ken Holland is the day I turn into the next Blair White. Ooh, lock in the crease. GM Roberto Luongo would turn the Canucks into a dynasty. I mean, I could see that. He would at least be entertaining. Would he be posting through it? Would he be pulling a Donald Trump and just posting yes. through every single thought process he had? I would love for him to just post through it. That's what we really need. What would be my dream? We need, we need actually the Canucks to run Elon Musk Twitter style, <laughs> which is just polls. <laughs> I love We this. go like Green Bay Packers. We're just a oh collectively owned thing, but we are literally also just voting on the lines. <laughs> I like that. I think we should definitely do that. And we should start with the, should I step down as head of the Canucks? <laughs> yes or no, I will abide by the results of this. I think so. That's I think you shouldn't wish for a better Christmas present than that. That's the dream. That's the perfect Christmas present. Um, I think in my dream trade, which is completely unrealistic, I would trade JT Miller and or Bo Horvat to the Colorado Avalanche. Okay. For Bo and Byram. Okay. And picks. A lot of picks. I know who says no to this trade. I mean, call up Joe. See what, see what he's got. See what he's got to say. I actually just can't believe that people said no to that trade last year. Like, there was a theoretical JT Miller for Alex Newhook and Bowen Byram trade last year. And people were like, no, because Bowen Byram has too many injury issues. And... <laughs> JT Miller is the Canucks' best player. Are you joking? No, that was a thing. That's absurd. Yeah. Avery says SDPN buys the Canucks. I think that would be interesting if Steve Dangle owned the Canucks. Do you think that he would start um, sabotaging them? Because that feels like what our ownership Can is Can you sabotage doing. them? But <laughs> like it can't get worse, right? Like actively sabotaging them at this point couldn't possibly result in that is true. Like, a worse I scenario get to than what's happening. Um, Sabers tanking, like that's what I want. Yeah, trade for players who are actively worse. Yeah, that is what they that's should what do. I'm saying with this JT Miller choice stature one for that's, one trade. I know, but like, okay. <laughs> Sidebar, that is what has always driven me nuts about people who are like, you can't ask players to tank. Anyone who says you ask players to tank doesn't know anything about professional sports, blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, okay, no one says you ask the players to actively lose, although it looks like the Canucks have committed to doing that themselves anyway. The point is you just ice a roster deliberately bad enough, like the Coyotes this year, that you just can't win games. It's what the Blackhawks thought they were doing, except then they accidentally won a bunch of games and took themselves yeah, out of the race. that's the thing that the Canucks are also doing, but they don't realize it. Yeah. The, the sad thing about the Coyotes and the Blackhawks this year were that they were deliberately trying to be bad and they were accidentally good. 
I don't know if that's worse. Is that worse? Is it worse to be like deliberately bad and accidentally good? Or is it worse to be like trying to be good and accidentally bad? I, it feels worse right now. It feels worse to be trying to be good and then just be this level of mediocre bad. Yeah. Teetering on just like what our like 12th overall pick. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> JC says Steve Dangle would just trade the Canucks Hall Kerfoot in a second for Kuzmenko. Riley, I don't... Okay, Riley says I avoided their first suggestion. It was very intellectual. Um, I avoided it because there's so many suggestions in the chat. I can't read them all. <laughs> That's the actual simple answer. So suggest it again and I will I will read it. Uh, Jack Maloney says pull in Arizona and get as many draft picks as possible. Yes. Yes, that would be great. I would love to have draft picks. This is a team that says that they were really good at drafting for the last eight years, but somehow didn't come out with any extra draft picks. Vanessa says, bring back Tyler Mott. Yes, I accept that. I accept that dream trade. I really hope Santa's listening to all of you and that like somehow he makes this happen because obviously Santa's real. Yes. Oh, wait, I think I found Riley's original suggestion. The Canucks need to hire the Godfather and start doing what Tony D'Angelo did and handle family matters. You know what I mean. I'm just going to leave that one, Riley. I did laugh. Um, okay. If you guys have any suggestions for your dream trade, whether it fits into a salary cap world or a non-salary cap world, Feel free to throw them in the comments to this and I will actually come back and look at them and I will uh, I will go through the best suggestions on Thursday because unfortunately for me and unfortunately for all of you, I am doing post game on Thursday when the Canucks play the Seattle Kraken. Um, but yeah, you guys should come back on Thursday. We will talk about these dream trades again. Because it will yeah, still what's not really interesting Christmas. is that like I was like, oh, they could maybe beat the Kraken, but we are literally spent this entire time talking about how much we want the Canucks to start losing more games. So I would like them to be entertaining on Thursday, but lose. Yeah, I think it would be deeply funny if Jared McCann scored a hat trick. Oh God, yeah, I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that. Um, yeah, we but need yeah. to start doing more humorous things. So um, I just want to be entertained. Ever been on the Vancouver Canucks, um, and you no longer are, please score a hat-trick against them. Precisely. Revenge season. Um, okay. Mal, thank you for joining us tonight. This was delightful. Of course. Way more delightful than the game. Uh, if you're in the chat, come back on Thursday after the Canucks game and tell me what your dream trades are. I'm going to do this segment again, and I'm going to go through anyone who DMs me their dream trades or puts it in the chat in this... in after this goes up on YouTube. Um, thank you guys for joining us. The Canucks lose 5-1 for the fifth time this season at home. And they continue to be extremely uninspiring. Uh, have a great night, guys. We'll see you on Thursday.